and support begins in three, two, one. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Nurture and Support, a recommendation podcast sharing all the awesome since 2013. I'm Kelly Tool at K-E-L-L-Y-T-H-U-L on Twitter and Instagram. And hi, I'm Mel at Karmic9 everywhere. And we're super excited to have a guest today. Mel fought me on this because, you know, as you all know, being regular listeners, I'm the book guy. I'm the part of Nurture and Support that brings the book. And we thought, well, let's have an author on us. And Mel was like, oh, I'd I'd rather talk about a Netflix documentary. But we, uh, I talked her into it and we're super excited to have Scott William Foley join us today. Scott, why don't you say hello to folks and let them know how they can connect with you on social media. Hi, everyone. Well, thanks so much for having me on. And uh, you can find me on Twitter with SW Foley. And I have my own website called scottwilliamfoley.com. And I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn and just all over the place as well. And we're excited to have you join us. Our good friend Alicia, who does Nurture and Support theme song, kind of helped connect us up here. So big thank you to her. We're gonna we're here just to talk about it. And of course, any regular listeners know I'm not the book guy. Mel's the book person. So Mel, what are your thoughts? This is our first author ever on the podcast, I believe. I think it is. Um, I'm super excited. This is cool. I think we need to we need to get into BookTube. Will be a, a booktube podcast on YouTube. Be cool. There's lots of drama, and we're all about the drama. Oh yeah, that's that's it. So bring the drama today, Scott. <laughs> so. Okay. That's what we have Mike for, but he's not here tonight. Oh yeah, and plus he can't read. But there's that problem. <laughs> but the timing should be. Fingers crossed here. Scott's here to talk to us about a book that is going to be released. What's the date, Scott? July 1st is the target date. There's there's a long story behind it. Yes, I'm hoping July 1st is is the date you'll be able to find it on Amazon. Why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about kind of the topic matter and nature of the book and then maybe a little bit of the long story about July 1st. That'd be kind of cool. <laughs> sure. So the book, is go- the book is called Dr. Necros, The Complete Saga. And the reason it's called The Complete Saga is because I've I've been writing this story essentially since 2008. It started as a serial way back before when Amazon was just getting into publishing. They had something called Amazon Shorts. And so um, I applied to be in the program and I got into the program. And of course, I'm a, I'm a teacher. I'm an English teacher, which probably comes as no surprise. And I would chip away at this serial. The idea was to have 18 stories divided up into sort of six books, as I called it. Or I'm sorry, three books with six stories per book for a grand total of 18. And I kind of chipped away at it and chipped away at it. And then in about 2014, I finished the serial and then started a couple of years later, started collecting them as digital books on Amazon. And then now finally, I'm collecting it as one complete book that you can actually buy in a paperback format. So this will be the first time it's actually been on printed paper, which I'm very, very excited about. So I have a daughter who's turning 12. And this character has been with me the same amount of time, which is pretty strange. So what is what are your your stories about? This particular character, Dr. Necros, I'm, I know this is going to sound crazy, but he actually came to me in a dream. I had this visual of him in a dream. I woke up and kind of wrote down the gist of the dream. And basically, he's a ghost hunter who has 
accidentally brought a demon forth into reality and the demon scars him and mutilates him and leaves and Dr. Necros, which is not his real name, his whole life goes downhill from there. His marriage breaks up. He completely abandons his previous identity. Uh, He stops paying taxes. He's found himself a haunted car, a Packard from the 1930s, and he rides around in this haunted car in search of this this demon. But what he doesn't know is that uh, he's not hunting the demon. The demon is actually hunting him. And the demon has managed to infiltrate Dr. Necros's personal life that he himself abandoned and is plotting his revenge against the character. That sounds really, really interesting. Uh, If you've listened to any of our stuff, then you know we're all about demons. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I love that we're all fans of, um, you know, Disney Plus and Star Wars. And uh, I was very excited to hear all that (laughs) and just books in general. Yeah, we're just a bunch of nerds over here. I can relate. No worries. (laughs) Yeah, and and I'm I'm familiar about you know being haunted by a demon, the aforementioned Mike earlier. So on the I have to meet this Mike. I've heard a lot about uh, Mike. Yeah, so yes, far. yes, he's a you, you're okay. <laughs> really, you're probably so during various periods of time, Mel's in a very unique internet access location and kind of a the DMZ <laughs> between industry and a big city where it's like a, a dead spot for her ability to get internet reliable is um it's challenging at times so one of the times where she had a a run there uh we wanted to kind of keep the the mojo going so mike and i uh began to fill in for a few nurturing supports with our with a a different podcast a much a much different podcast and so that's that's mike (laughs) but he's actually a good guy he was (laughs) he was actually the mayor of hell michigan for a day recently and uh so that's that's the kind of thing oh. mike mike does so he was he was the king of hell is that what you just said he was the mayor, mayor. Okay. yeah yeah so you know we have a long storied history with demons and haunted <laughs> things so and, and i and seem to haunted. have a, a lot of uh recommend book recommendations that involve necromancers so <laughs> Nice. When you say you have experience with demons and hauntings, are you talking about just in terms of your literature or in real life? We're talking about Mike. <laughs> oh, <It's> Mike. <laughs> okay. I thought Mike should be here to defend himself. No, that's better this way. Okay. He'll, he'll pay Kelly back the next time they get together. Yeah. yeah okay. and, and, and oddly enough, Mel will be unscathed. It'll be. That's right. I, don't, I don't know how that works out, but it does. It's because I'm the good one here. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> uh, no. It's because I'm so far away. See. <laughs> yes, as Scott, Scott, as you were describing kind of the the path of this um, book, I was going, man, Mel's got to be just super excited because this, this sounds like wheelhouse material, 100 percent for her. So. Oh, great! Yeah, yeah th- this is the kind of stuff that is my normal reading material. I oh, try to branch out to a bunch of different into different genres but this is my core my core genre that i that i stick with so well yeah you know i try i write in a lot of different genres but sort of the fantasy slash magical realism is really where i feel deeply comfortable i like i like stories that are 95 percent realistic but i've always i always like to have a little five percent fantasy in there at least so i understand where you're coming from yeah so, so how long have you been writing in general? Not just this 
story, but, you know, pursuing this. So I, I told you guys I'm an English teacher, right? Yep, uh-huh. indeed. Okay, so I am your cliched English teacher who is also a writer uh, in his basement writing stories after the kids go to bed and, and whatnot. I decided I wanted to try to write a novel my last semester of college, uh, my senior year of college. And I met with my mom and dad, who I'm very fortunate they paid for my college. So that was awesome. I met with them and I said, mom and dad, I want, when I graduate from college, I don't want to go get a job. I want to uh, write a novel. And uh, they were supportive, but they were not super happy to hear this after paying for my college education. (laughs) And um, so they said, well, we'll make you a deal. Since you have your teaching degree, why don't you substitute teach during the day and you can write your novel at night? And I happened to graduate in December, so it actually worked out really well. So every college graduate's dream, I moved back home. I lived in my parents' basement, and I substitute taught during the day. And then at night, I would work on this novel. And this was in, this was right at the year 2000. Uh, so it was January, you know, just as the millennium turned. And so I, I got the novel written, and I thought, you know, it'll get picked up, and I'll become a professional writer, and this is how it's all going to work out for me. And that's not how it worked out. but Uh, Life has been pretty good to me, but I found ways to publish my work anyway. And as the internet has become more and more prevalent, I just publish at my own website now as well. Uh, A lot of my short stories, people can read for free just at my website. So this Dr. Necros book on Amazon is something that I think I like personally to have hard copies of books. I like to hold them in my hand and smell the paper. Um, I don't like reading off the screens a whole lot. And so I'm excited that this has given me the opportunity to have a, a book published in actual paper format. But I've used other companies since about 2005. I used a, a, pub, a company called iUniverse to uh, publish a few books, but they were really expensive. Uh, it was self-publishing, essentially. And so this deal with Amazon actually doesn't cost me anything other than time. So this is perfect for me. Basically, I'm, I'm an independent writer, which is self-published writer. And it's really strange when you say self-published writer, everybody kind of, you know, gives you stink face. But everybody loves like indie musicians and indie filmmakers. Nobody loves indie writers. It's strange. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And, and I and I like that you use the term indie writer. I will admit to years ago having that stinky face when you talk about self-publics, but I've educated myself in the, the last 10 years. And I really, I read a lot of what, you know, what would be indie writers. So there's just, there's, well, if anybody follows the hashtags on Twitter, Writers don't get paid what a lot of people think they get paid. <laughs> so as you live that life, uh, most of them have to have a day job. So um, yeah, I've been really as as a teacher, I've been really fortunate that teaching is not an easy job by any stretch of the imagination. But there's a lot of time to pursue personal passions with teaching, like the summers, for example. And so it's all worked out for me. I'm I couldn't be happier with the way things have turned out. Well, that's cool. Have you thought about kind of running a book sweatshop where you make your students write chapters for you? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I did. I had this book. I wanted to call it A Million Little Pieces. And then uh, somebody beat me to the punch on that. (laughs) Yeah, kind of using the same method I suggested. That guy was, uh, what do you write? Was he, I am, who's the, Mel, is it, I am number four? Is that the Pitticus Lore book? No. Uh, Author named Pitticus. Lore, which is not actually an author. It's a group of people. 
from what I understand, who's headed up by the guy who wrote A Million Little Pieces. Remember all that trouble he got in with Oprah? Yeah. 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 And so, yeah, that must be when he kind of re when his name resurfaced. And I can't think of. Yeah. I could be totally wrong. You might have to edit all that out. Sorry. Nope. Now nope. <laughs> nah, we keep it all. Um, <laughs> what one of the cool things about uh, when you talk about different different ways to write a story? I don't know if you follow Susan Dennard or Dennard. It's D E N N A R D on Twitter, but it seems like it was forever ago. But she did a Twitter thread where she was basically, she had already kind of written a book, but she got bored and decided to kind of do it as a choose your own adventure story mm-hmm. on Twitter. And so she would put, she would write pieces of it and then give her readers, do do a little poll at the end and give her readers, they had to make a decision about what the character did next. Oh, and that's she kept, she kept that going for like I want to say it was over three months to tell that story because of course it was a it was a book in YA and so all of the people following it, including me, we were all like trying to get the the little heroine together with <laughs> the guy, and we kept making the wrong decision, and everybody would get dead, and she'd have to start us over again, and. <laughs> anyway, it was really, really, really fun. So that that was kind of a crowdsource novel. She told like one act of the story that way. And she's that's a story that she's still trying to get published to get it picked up. But I'm pretty sure it got so popular on Twitter that somebody has probably signed <laughs> for that book. But yeah, I love it when I hear stories about authors who who are discovered because they just became so popular online. Yeah. And that, I, think, I think The Martian started out like that, if I'm not mistaken. That was a self-pubbed book first. I, I, because I read, I know because I read it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I read it before, before it got reworked and reissued. It was cool. That's a nice little thing for you to be able to say. Like I read The Martian before it was cool. Yeah. So yeah. I'm one of those people that got to make it cool before. That's cool. Or it got it got famous. And you know the amazing thing about living in these times is that anybody can be an author if they want. You know, if they're willing to put in the time, it, it's easier to publish today than it's ever been in the history of humanity. And so there's there's a way to have your work read in today's world, one way or the other, if you're willing to to get it out there. Yeah, it just takes so much work. <laughs> it does. It takes a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you have to be creative. Um, so, I like to read. I, I, I gave up on the hope of writing anything decades ago, but I do like to read. So I feel that I'm just a supporter of all those writers out there. And I follow I follow so many on Twitter. I'm thankful for Twitter. I, I know Twitter can not be a not very fun place sometimes, but I am eternally grateful to Twitter for exposing me to a bunch of writers that I never would have discovered without Twitter being around. So it's really cool. One of back when sci-fi did the Saturday night movies that we spoofed, that's how Kelly and I and Mike and everybody originally kind of got together. We used to snark Saturday night sci-fi movies on Twitter. Really? Um, 
some of my authors that I started reading actually were people who were snarking those movies <laughs> with us. And that's how I found out, hey, she's written a book. I've got to go read that. So. That is amazing. So you and Ke- you guys met via Twitter when you were... <laughs> yes, we yes we did because it was back as Mel said back in the days where sci-fi would put these you know horrific movies on <laughs> Piranaconda, Sharktopus, Sharktopus. Um, you know this is because you know Sharknado is a little too mainstream for the sci-fi stuff. Bigfoot, I, yeah. whale yeah. whale wolf versus I think it was whale wolf <laughs> versus Sharktopus. I believe was the yeah. <laughs> and so they all featured the the world's worst special effects. Typically the, not the greatest acting in the world. <laughs> ice spiders. That one was actually kind of fun. Though. I like ice yeah. spiders. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then and then big ass spider was. Oh, also, that was wonderful. That was, God, I wish we would make a sequel to that one. I know, and he was. He was but if you have not seen big ass spiders, we're gonna have to find a way for you to watch that. Was that the name of the movie, Big Ass Spider? Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yes. No. Yeah, and it yes. was it was a guy. We we actually had the the writer and director on one of our podcasts because it's again power of Twitter and that you had these connections and all of a sudden because we were into it big time and we ended up getting like the uh, actresses from Three Headed Shark Attack and Sand Sharks and Piranaconda to all come on the podcast at various times to talk. That's but, awesome. Um, this big ass spider. The and I think Mel, you mentioned it to begin with. The first like three minutes of the intro is actually some of the best cinema ever. <laughs> it's really, it's, yeah. a, it's a really cool yeah. intro, but the, the guy that wrote it, he knew the people that liked these kind of movies that were really bad. And he says, I'm going to write one that touches all the bases, the kinds of things that, that I know people will go nuts yeah. for on this. And he did an excellent, excellent job. And it is, yeah. I don't know what it's on right now from a streaming standpoint, yeah. but it is worth a watch. The characters are funny. It's a super movie. Yeah, it's got Greg um, Grunberg in it, and um, it's hilarious. I mean, it's, it is one of the best bad movies, <laughs> quote-unquote bad movies, that you'll ever watch. It's phenomenal. I th- it was on Netflix. You can, oh, yeah? It is on, I haven't looked like It is currently on Tubi, available free on Tubi. So that would be the if you've got a Roiku or something like that to pick up a streaming channel. The 2B streaming channel apparently currently has Big Ass Spider on it. So okay. check that out. Is that... <laughs> was this in the early days of Twitter? Was this like 2008, 2010? Or... So I'd say probably uh, probably 11, 11 and 12, would you say? 10, 11, uh-huh. and 12, Mel? That seem about right? Yeah, that sounds about right. Because particularly for these movies, the cast were heavily accessible. <laughs> they were, and, and so they, <laughs> so they would live tweet along with you, which was actually really cool. And I think sci-fi oh, started awesome. started to figure it out to say, hey, this is a way to get a little more interest and stuff going on. So they would kind of oh. encourage to have people tweeting along, and it was it was a, uh, it's like we got a bunch of guests out of it and a lot of fun material. And it was just, but yeah, that's how Mel and I met. I mean. Twitter's the reason the three of us are here together, uh, Mel and I on the podcast, and through other Twitter connections, uh, we get connected with Scott. So it does have its dark side for sure, but it also is a, a great way to kind of connect with people of similar interest. Yeah, so I just looked it up. Big Ass Spider came out in 2013, and it looks like it is free on Tubi, and it's also free on Vudu. it looks like from on here right now. So if you have a Voodoo account, you can watch it on there. But it's great. It's- I mean, I might, I might have to open one just for the big ass spider. 
Yeah, it's it's wonderful. And then after you watch it, if you feel the need that you need to talk to us about it, <laughs> come back on. It would be interesting yeah. to hear your fresh experience. Yes, we, we want to expose people to get new people to watch our bad movies. Right, <laughs> Mel. You knew I was going to do this, and if you do happen to watch Piranaconda, <laughs> pay particular attention to the eggs. Because there were two physical prop eggs for Piranaconda. One sank, they filmed it in Hawaii. One sank in the <laughs> bay uh, of uh, somewhere in there. And the other one's at my house. <laughs> so, Well, I remember you saying you were kind of interested in props. Personally, do you collect props? Not really. I mean, I, I just just when I lucked out, <laughs> you know, it, again, Twitter was the engine for that. It, but once they, <laughs> they announced uh, there was a movie called Piranaconda, part snake, part piranha, all killer, I was hooked. And I was just, you know, there's a countdown and I was super excited. I was on Twitter all the time talking about it. And then the night of the show, we're all tweeting along and all of a sudden I get a, a DM from the sci-fi Twitter account saying, hey, congratulations, you've won the prop egg from Piranaconda. Where do we mail it? Oh, that's awesome. So it was, yeah, and you scored something, Mel, right? For a, for a different movie. Let's see. I still have it right here. What movie was it for? Yeah, I I got a. It was. I don't remember the name of the movie. I'm a bit really bad right now. It was a doctor's one of the actors scientist tags that they wore. <laughs> is what is what I won. But but see, this was a huge thing back back when sci-fi actually put these movies on Saturday night. They would run contests for all of us people that were watching them and pretty much everybody in our group at one point or another won something from the tweet along. So it was really cool and I wish they'd go back to doing that. But Piranaconda was produced by Roger Corman. Also, and it's on Tubi for free too. So you need to watch Veronica. Doesn't Veronica the, the summer hit of pop music? I mean, that just has such a great ring to it. Uh, it actually had a good song in there too, oh, yeah? didn't it, Kelly? Uh, yeah, I think, there- I, I think the intro was pretty the kind of theme music for Piranaconda was pretty good. I don't know if it was a hit, but it was awesome. It was good. Yeah. No, it did. Yeah, it's we're we're really letting letting our nerd flags fly here. But uh, <laughs> but that's our origin story of where we all got together is the power of Twitter. So we're really grateful. I'm always grateful to the people that I quote unquote meet through Twitter. So because I live in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> So I can't meet people any other way than on Twitter. Well, like you said, I mean, the social media certainly has an ugly side to it, but I think it also does an awful lot of good throughout the whole world, just bringing people together and showing other people, you know, different walks of life. And I think it does more good than bad for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And you can, you can, it's all in how you use it. Yep. And you can block a lot of the bad. You can't get all of it, <laughs> but you can. Right. Like, you can somewhat control your experience if you don't go to. Twitter. Have you guys gotten into? Uh, have you gotten into Twitter fights with people? Oh, Kelly's pretty. Ke- Kelly's a better person than I am. Uh huh. Kelly doesn't really get into a bunch of Twitter fights. I don't really either. But I'm I'm pretty opinionated on Twitter. <laughs> so. You don't have any fear of people coming to your house because you live out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, you know, if they're brave enough to wander out here, then <laughs> more power to them. Yeah. But actually, you know, now that you mention it, uh, one, I'm not a, I'm not a nice person. Uh, and two, <laughs> um, 
I do there actually I do have one long standing Twitter fight and that's with Sean Chick and Sean's a Sean's a jerk. Uh and uh in fact uh I'll I'll DM you later, uh Scott, Sean's uh Twitter handle and feel free to shoot him a tweet sometime saying, Hey, I hear you're a jerk <laughs> you know <laughs> and, and hashtag jerk wars, uh and he'll yeah. he'll he will know the source <laughs> of the information. It is, it I is. probably will not do that. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you can do a search on Jerk Wars, and you, you'll 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 see the interaction. But but he is a jerk. Oh, okay. So <laughs> you know, I've noticed that that fight has died down since he's moved into your neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it took a little steam out because <laughs> it's like. It was easier when he lived across the country. <laughs> yes. When he lived in California, it was easier to drop those. But now I can, if I had a slightly better arm, I could hit his house with a baseball. <laughs> you know, it was, he's, 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 a, oh, he's not very far away at all. I think, uh, think about that a lot. So well, wait a minute. How did, how, I, first of all, I don't know if you're really in a beef with this guy or not, but how did yeah. he end up right across the street from you? So it's a it's a it's a fake fight. We both know it's a fake fight, but we both right. we both find creative ways to call each other jerks. And, uh, and so I thought when you called his name out on air, it probably wasn't super real. <laughs> yeah, no, Sean, Sean is a great guy. Yeah. He's been on the show before, yeah. um, and he he does like to participate in jerk wars. Yep. And I've still been waiting for all the drone footage. They also both have drones. Yeah. <laughs> So that's where the escalation is likely going to come from. <laughs> so, so we'll sort that out. But yeah, no, it yeah. just, so Sean originally worked in Bloomington and I, I worked with him some, and that's where we got to know each other and kindred spirits in a lot of ways. Then he went out to California for a while and was working out there. And that's really when Jerk Wars was at its height <laughs> from there. But then recently, <laughs> recently he's returned to it. And as he mentioned, he was moving back into town. I was like, oh, that's really cool. Where are you moving to? And he gave me his address. I said, oh, that's like really close to my house. That's three, <laughs> 300 steps away. <laughs> so, wow. So, what a coincidence. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. But he's a jerk. Anyway. <laughs> so uh, what I yeah. would, would be interested in hearing, Scott, is so you've you've talked a lot about the independent author approach. This this particular one is coming out as a paperback through Amazon. So right. how did how did that happen? Oh, that's an I so first of all, I don't work for Amazon, but I'm gonna sound like I do, but I promise I actually don't work for them. But when this all started back in 2007, 2008, it was just called Amazon Shorts. And that slowly, after about a year and a half, it, it really started slowing down on their end. And I didn't understand what was happening. And then lo and behold, a little bit later, an entirely new platform happened that was called uh, Kindle Direct Publishing, and that was in correlation with the release of the Kindle, right? And so then all of a sudden, you could now download your stories to the Kindle Direct Publishing platform, and it was available for people to read on their Kindle. And so what happened is that it's just, I've just been kind of going along with Amazon for the ride as they've been changing their their format. So now in the last several years, Amazon is offering the ability not just to upload stories digitally, but to also now print off hard copies of those stories. The downside is that uh, there's, I haven't seen much in the way of like any kind of editorial support. So luckily I have a lot of people who are very good proofreaders. 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> my family. I've read this thing so many times, you know, uh, just really looking for every single little tiny mistake. And so the great news is anybody can publish a book in today's world. The bad news is anybody can publish a book in today's world, you know? And so how much quality is up to you in terms of how much work you want to put into it. The writing is the fun part. I love the writing. It's all the other stuff that is, as Mel said, it is, it's work. I mean, it is work. <laughs> so. yeah. yeah. From all the, the indie writers that I, I watch on Twitter, you know, they, they talk about having to put way more time into the business aspect of being an independent writer than they do actually writing. And, you know, occasionally that sucks all the joy out of it for them and they, they kind of have to take a break. And so they always have a backlog of books to get in the pipeline to be done because they've just burnt out on the business side of it. Oh, yeah. And that's a shame. The business side of it is not my forte. I am not great at First of all, I'm not looking to make any money off of this. Uh, I've made virtually no money <laughs> with my writing, but just the the joy of like hearing somebody say, "Hey, I really like that story," and and luckily, you know, I have a, a good job and I'm everything's fine, so I don't need to write for money. I write purely just for the fun of it and for the joy of it. But even just trying to get the word out, out that hey, I've got some stuff. If you want to try to read it, I'm I am so bad at it. I am terrible. <laughs> I never could have been a business major, that's for sure. And so with this book that's coming out, I just emailed a few friends who I know are kind of into podcasts and things like that and just said, hey, do you know, like, do you know any friendly podcasters who might have a nobody on to talk with them? <laughs> so. so that's how you got to us, huh? <laughs> how, yeah, Alicia, Alicia said, I know some nice people who might be willing to have a nobody on. And, uh, you know, I've done some events like at Milner Library, which is at Illinois State University and, and our local library in town and the Barnes and Noble in town. And, you know, I've done all the things you're you're supposed to do, I guess. But yeah, it's it's hard, especially if you're not really a business minded person, you know. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'm not a very good. I, I will not even very good. I'm an abysmal self-promoter. So I understand. For that. Yeah, I you do. I mean, it's just so my students, whenever they find out I write books, they're like, how come you didn't tell us? And I'm, I'm just like, I don't want it to seem like I'm trying to sell to my students. That seems really inappropriate. <laughs> you know? So I don't know. I just struggle with the whole. Yeah, it just feels like self-promoting all the time. And that feels kind of yucky. Well, I get you, but we're happy to promote for you. Yeah, you're <laughs> well, thank you. You're going to get that massive nurture and support bump. <laughs> I mean, the podcast is so aptly named. I feel very nurtured and supported. That's well, a, thank you. Yeah. It, there, there are times, there are times it's perhaps more ironic than accurate, but this is, this is one of the times. Anything else for this week? Right now I have my homepage set to just my, I publish uh, short stories almost weekly, just flash fiction, little thousand word short stories. Once this book goes live, I'm going to try to enter some kind of business-minded mode and advertise or, or something, I, however you're supposed to do it. <laughs> so I will make it my homepage. So that's the first thing you see. And I'll probably change my profile pitch to the cover on my like Twitter account. And I'm not, if you guys have any advice, feel free to share. Okay. Well, we'll Kelly will definitely have a link to your page Great. when this goes up on on our website. Yep. Yeah, because we'll include that in the uh, the blog post, and and it's uh, scottwilliamfoley.com, right? 
Yep. Yes. Yep. So folks can have that now on this podcast. We'll make sure we put in the blog post. We'll put it. We create YouTube versions of the podcast as well. And we'll uh, make sure that information's there as well. The title of the book, let's see, it's coming out on July 1st, right? Yes. And it's Dr. Necros, the saga? Uh, the complete saga. The complete saga. Uh, yeah, because I see you've got book one, two, and three on your site. So this no. this is going to have all of them combined into one volume? Yeah, what you're looking at is, um, I so after the serial concluded, I then collected those six episode arcs mm-hmm. into the actual books, but they were still only available digitally mm-hmm. uh, Kendall. So yeah, now I've taken all 18 stories in one paperback uh, as an actual hard copy that people can have shipped to their house. I don't think when I looked on Amazon, it didn't look like I saw that you were in the Unlimited program, the Kindle Unlimited. Mm, I guess not. No, I don't don't think you are. Okay. Okay. So maybe I should look into that. Yeah. To get yeah. to put, just put the Kindle versions in there, but I don't know what the price point on there. They changed that program. Oh, okay. A little a while back, and I don't like everything. I don't think that they're paying the the authors quite as much, but I think it does drive some some traffic to you from the business side of it. Okay. Yeah, I'll look people at that. can look at stuff. So Actually, um, I deactivated the Doctor Necros digital books one, two, and three just so people wouldn't get confused. You know, I didn't want people right. trying to figure out wait which one am I wanting here. So I which tried. One? Yeah, yeah. Try to keep it simple for folks. Yeah, I've fallen to that too. <laughs> when yeah. when you've got a collected volume and then you still have the individuals up, I've I've had that problem of getting confused a number of times. So right, yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I think it sounds really really cool, and and I like haunted cars. Is there cover art for the book, or is it kind of just a text treatment? No, well, there is cover art. And that's another really cool thing that Amazon Kindle Direct Publishing does is they have a, a cover creator. And when I first when I first started messing with it, I was like, "Ooh, this is this is not good." Um, but then I kept kind of playing with it. And I'm not a graphic designer or anything like that. And I, I actually stumbled across a cover that I really really like. It's pretty symbolic, but it really captures the tone of the book. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think for art appreciation people out there you can you can look at it and read a lot into into the cover um it's a yeah when you finish the book you'll look at that cover and i think you'll start seeing a lot of connections or maybe i'm just way too close to the story and that's just me yeah i'm excited with the cover that ended up it's just kind of a happy accident and you know, once again, kind of on your own with this program, as far as I know, the Kindle Direct Publishing Program. And so you just you kind of play around with it and mess around and get it to where you want it. But the beautiful thing is there's no editorial interference. This is, for better or for worse, this is my story through and through, you know? Yeah. <laughs> For better or worse. Yeah, I like the way you put that. So that's cool. I I haven't ever looked at, at what they offer, but I know that cover art is always is always a problem. I'm not any good at that. Kelly, Kelly has proven to be something of an artist over the years. Oh yeah? Um, I, I dabble. Kelly. I dabble. <laughs> I'm just imagining Scott going into the the cover creator, and and there's I'm assuming some sort of maybe keyword search as you're starting to say, hey, maybe you want this, and typing in ghost car, haunted car. <laughs> yeah, I typed in a cover that sells well. And... <laughs> That's a smart choice. You do know yeah. business very well done. Well, I'm I'm learning. <laughs> 
you know. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. Sometimes on those, you know, is, if you put the demon on the cover, is it a hot demon? <laughs> uh, so I'll describe the demon to you a little bit. Very, very tall, red skin with coarse, dark hair. Muscles are chiseled like from granite. And uh, he likes to just sport a loincloth. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Oh, I, I know a whole subset of book Twitter. <laughs> He's all over that, man. <laughs> When I say all that out loud, it sounds really dirty. <laughs> and that's the subset of book Twitter I'm talking about. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> actually, I, 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 don't, I don't read so much in that genre, but I follow a lot of people that write in that genre, and they are hilarious people. Uh, <laughs> I just love them. And, and they always, I mean, they're good to look into, Scott, because they talk about openly on Twitter, the business side of all of that indie publishing. I've learned a lot from them, even though I'm never going to write a book. I'm never going to do any of that. But I'm always interested in what goes on to bring me the books that I like. Uh It's an interesting, it's just one of my hobbies, I guess. They just, they talk a lot about the business side of book publishing Mm -hmm. um, from the, the paranormal wrote what do they call it paranormal romance section of book writing twitter and uh they're just they're a really cool group i love i love them they're funny (laughs) y'all may not find them as funny as i do but they're great so So, they would be all over your demon it doesn't matter (laughs) so mel i'm going to give you a little homework for this blog post okay Okay. Why don't you, we'll include in the blog post, Mel's recommendation of book Twitter follows for Scott. <laughs> and you can give kind of a list there and I'll go ahead and memorialize it in the blog post. And then Scott, you'll have access if you want to kind of get Mel's hot tips on this is how to get into demon loving book Twitter. <laughs> that, that sounds perfect for me. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to get you guys to read some of those books and we'd have, we'd have a book club. You know, I think, uh, you know, Mike was into it. <laughs> Kelly was. Yeah, we, we can talk. <laughs> um, are you guys reading anything right now? Are you guys reading any books at the moment? Kelly, have you ever finished my Gideon the ninth book? I have not finished. So that's the book I'm reading oh. right now is Gideon the ninth. Cause I ain't got pinball machines to move. <laughs> you know, I'm a busy man. <laughs> But so, Gideon the Ninth is my current book, and then I've got the Targaryen, the, the latest Targaryen book from George Martin that I still, oh, need, yeah. still need to crack. But Gideon gets finished first. Mel's yeah, always reading I, something. Have you, you read Gideon the Ninth yet, Scott? No, I haven't heard of it. Oh gosh, I love it. it it's, it's so much fun. So Gideon the Ninth is a book by Tamsin Muir. And actually the sequel is coming out a little bit later this summer. COVID kind of pushed it back. Uh-huh. But it's about necromancers in space. Oh. And it it's so much freaking fun. I just love that book. And it may not be everybody's cup of tea, but it's like possibly it's up there in my top. I don't know. It's hard for me to pick a favorite book, but it's up there at the top of my list of favorite books. I'm I've read like that. that book like, I don't know what I'm on for. I've probably read it four times and listened to the audiobook twice. I just love that freaking book. Anyway, so everybody out there, please, please, I'm begging you to read Gideon the Ninth or listen to it because the audiobook 
is just possibly more fantastic than actually reading the book. And I'm hit or miss with audiobooks, but the narrator on the audiobook of Gideon the Ninth is fantastic and is so spot on for this story. I just love it. So I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah. Have you read Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell? I haven't. It's in my my ever expanding TBR pile, but I have not actually read that one yet. Yeah, that's my uh, that's my summer project. It's not going well. <laughs> so you're you're not liking that book? It hadn't grabbed you? Yeah, it's like a seven hundred page book, and I'm on like page two hundred and fifty, and it's just I was sold on it. Somebody told me it's like Harry Potter for adults. I was like, oh, well, okay, that sounds okay. Uh, I like Harry Potter. You know, maybe maybe it's I'm not to the halfway mark quite yet, so maybe that's where it really picks up. But uh, one of my friends I work with recommended it to me, and I'm gonna feel great shame if I don't. Feel, you know, have you ever had that where a friend recommends a book and you start it, and then you feel like pressured to actually finish it? Yes. I don't know, Kelly. Do you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Did you hear the "Haven't you finished the Gideon the Ninth book yet"? <laughs> Uh, I'm just trying to share the joy that I is know. Gideon the Ninth. Okay. Okay. Fine. That book. It's wonderful. I love it. <laughs> I love it so much. Let's see. I, you know, I've, I don't know what the last like popular book I've read. I've been reading in our trying times these days. I've been reading honestly a lot of cozy mysteries. Uh-huh. which I've really taken to. It's kind of a new, a new genre for me. I've never really read a lot in that. But this year I've read a whole bunch of them <laughs> because they're comforting in a way. Yeah. So I I like I like a bunch of cozy mysteries. So let's see. I just finished a series by oh gosh, what is her name? I believe it's Melissa Aaron Foster. She has a witch cozy mystery that I just I, I think it's so cute. I just <laughs> love it. It, you it know, makes me happy. Anything that gives comfort during these days is okay with me. Yeah. Oh, and I should mention, since uh, since I did actually talk about this on the show, Kelly, and you can cut it or not, whatever you want to do, American Demon that I got an arc for by Rachel, I mean, by Kim Harrison, the uh, Rachel, Rachel Morgan 14, I think, the 14th book in that series. It just came out this week, so... So for everyone listening, American Demon that I talked about a long time ago because I got an arc because I'm awesome has actually been released. So y'all can go read it now. <laughs> and Kelly, did you say you're a big fan of uh, Clone Wars, the cartoon Clone Wars? Uh, yes, absolutely. I'm with you. I'm with you on that. I get chided because Mike again <laughs> thinks I'm lording this over oh. Mel about her not having Disney Plus, <laughs> but she needs to get Disney Plus for, for Mandalorian which I'm assuming you also like quite a bit, Scott. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Put, <laughs> make make Star Wars great again. Absolutely. 100% yeah. there. But, yeah, the Clone Wars stuff was great, too. The, I mean, I liked the, the the guy that did Dexter's Laboratory. I mean, there was, a, there was like, a super short version of Clone Wars that they were all, like, yeah. little. I loved that. And then the CGI version. So I liked both quite a bit. Uh, but the kind of the CGI version that just wrapped up was, I thought, outstanding. Oh, uh, those final four episodes. Of this last season. Amazing. Just chilling. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff. So get on that Disney Plus mail. <laughs> I, you know, and I can't remember what it is, but I saw another commercial the other day for some show that's on Disney Plus that I went, God, I'm going to have to get it. <laughs> so 
I don't know. I I'm going to have to like turn my satellite off so I can get all these streaming services. And I lost internet for all of the people out there keeping tabs. <laughs> I lost internet over the weekend again and didn't get it back till yesterday. So oh. there you go. Ugh. Trials and tribulations of living in semi-rural Texas. <laughs> Awful. Yeah. And Scott, just fun fact, while she does live, probably could surmise in Texas, uh, the she was born in Bloomington, Illinois. Oh. Yes. Fun fact. Well, you, left yep. the, you left the promised land. Well. In a um, hurry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wasn't there. It was just basically there long enough to get born. But yes, Bloomington. I know. It was why it was really, it was just kind of funny when we all. When we connected on Twitter over those movies and then we started doing Snark Alec Radio together and find out that Kelly's from Bloomington and I'd never in my life heard of anybody from Bloomington <laughs> but me. So there you go. And of that course, no one here actually believes I was born in Bloomington and that's okay. <laughs> they'd, they'd probably ship me out of the state if they knew if it was public knowledge. Why? No secret. Oh, you know. In, in Texas, we're the South, man. <laughs> no Yankees. But, uh, that, that, would make, that would make me an outsider if they actually knew I was born somewhere else. Oh, got you, got you, got you, got you. Yeah. Speaking yeah, of no. outsider, did you guys watch Outsider on HBO? My wife and I just finished that. I saw the first episode or two, and then we lost we lost HBO. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible series. Just I'll leave it at that. Incredible. Yeah. yeah. But I'm sorry. I, I'm stretching this out. My okay. apologies. Oh, oh no, no. No problem at all. Yeah. Because Mel mentioned Snarkalic Radio. Back in the day, our first series of uh, recordings and video stuff and all was on a show that would run on average, oh, two to three hours <laughs> weekly. <laughs> it, was, it was a thing. Um, so we, yeah. we, we've gotten better over time. Well, Scott, it was awesome to have you yeah. on. We highly, highly encourage you to watch Big Ass Spider and come back okay. on and so you can share your Big Ass Spider experience with us and we can we can relive it. Gives us a reason to watch it again too. I mean, I, how am I going to deny an invitation back on that condition? I will make sure I watch it just so I can come back again. Oh, I think you're, I think you're always welcome to come back. Most definitely. So. And we'll we'll get everything kind of hooked up and ready to go. And I think we'll, we'll kind of coordinate this around release date so we can kind of point to all your material. And uh, it was uh, fantastic to have you on super interesting and definitely want to have you back uh, i really you guys are so nice to have thank you so much i appreciate this i know you were taking a risk not really knowing me so just very generous i appreciate it oh we appreciate you coming on we always like to meet new people that share our <laughs> specialty interests I just <laughs> <laughs> unique set of interests yes and if we can get you to watch some some b movies all the more better there you go <laughs> awesome all right well then we're gonna wrap it up for for this week so thanks for listening everybody bye thank you you can contact us on our website nurtureandsupport.net or email us at nurtandsup at gmail.com that's n-u-r-t-a-n-d-s-u-p-p at gmail.com or tweet us at nurtandsup on twitter you can also catch Nurture and Support on YouTube. Nurturing and supporting. Turn it.